0: Okay, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Innovations in Education, eSchool News' bi-monthly podcast that aims to inform and analyze the current state of play in education and technology. My name is Kevin Hogan, and I'm glad you found us. Regular listeners of the podcast may notice a few changes around the place. In the spirit of the new school year, we did try to decide some new features of our own that we hope will engage and maybe even entertain you. In a nutshell, look for more stuff executive summaries of the big news from the past few weeks, more concise interviews with the players that are making that news, also some more pointers to data that you may find insightful, all posted in one convenient spot on the innovation and education webpage. So let's get started. So obviously, the big news so far this month is the return to school, well, for some anyway. Unfortunately, the pandemic continues to mess things up around the country. We'll leave the embarrassing scenes at school boards uh, to others to cover, but the reality remains that over hundred thousand students uh, remain disrupted, either in quarantine, uh, in remote, or in some sort of hybrid learning environment. Everyone uh, disrupted because of the masks. Whether you're pro or anti, it's just a it's just a, it's a, a complication, shall we say. Uh, over the last two weeks, in just one district, 10,268 students had to quarantine outside of school, according to the data from the Polk County, Florida Public Schools' new COVID 19 dashboard. So, as sick as we are talking about it, this giant beta test is still the overwhelming issue facing everyone students, p- teachers, parents, and administrators alike. In a desperate attempt to find some sort of silver lining in all this, I talked with Carl Rictanis. And he's CEO of Learn Platform about a recent report that they dropped on the use of EdTech tools to deal with all this madness. Uh, This is their fourth annual year-end analysis of K-12 EdTech and its usage from the 2021 school year. Uh, It's called the EdTech Top 40. The data reveals that districts are using, on average, over 1,200 digital products per month, which is up 36%. Since the 2019-2020 school year pre-pandemic. Um, so that is showing that people are using these tools to try to, you know, make the best of what we have here. So have a listen. Okay, Carl Richtanis, CEO founder of Learn Platform. Thanks so much for
1: joining us today. So glad to be here. Thank you, Kevin.
0: Before we get into the weeds uh, with your latest release of your report, tell us a little bit about Learn Platform, the work that you do, um, you know, where it got started and, and, and where you are currently.
1: Sure. Uh, Learn Platform is uh, a for-benefit research organization. We started about seven years ago uh, with a mission of expanding equitable engagement for all students to the teaching and technology that works best for them. Uh, we, uh, we launched Learn Platform, uh, which is a platform used by schools, districts, states, and their partners to organize all of the different education technology to streamline a bunch of processes like contract management, privacy vetting, et cetera, and then rapidly analyze which tools and technologies and interventions are working best for whom and in which situations. Um, And so we've been working with uh, school districts and states that serve over 5 million students, and that number continues to grow. Uh, But this particular report, the EdTech Top 40, this is our fourth annual release uh, that we've done, and uh, since we've done it, it's been very popular.
0: Now, when you started the report, I'm going to suspect you didn't do it with the intention of, uh, you know marking a pandemic right (laughs) the accelerated use of of technologies as it goes through Uh, what has that experience been like
1: well obviously um, pandemics like uh, train crashes aren't scheduled Um, this has been sort of an amazing period of time in education over the last 18 months and you're correct when we started in 2017-18 to release uh, data about what was actually happening across the education technology market—it was—it was an epiphany to many people. Uh, to others, it was uh, a very poorly kept secret. Um, most school district uh, leaders, if you ask them how many ed tech products you know they're using in a given month, they would usually say, "I don't know, 150, 200." Like we have contracts for that, and you know, we know our teachers are also using some tools. But even in 2017, that number was over 500. Different edtech products were being used in every school district, and as we move forward, that number continued to grow until, as you mentioned, uh, March of last year uh, in 2020, uh, we showed that, uh, and since then, uh, that number has exploded to almost 1,300 different edtech products being used in every school district every month. Uh, and it's it's just astounding that it's uh, reached that height. Yeah.
0: And one of the interesting aspects, I think, of the report uh, is the way that you categorize the technologies, which is a little different than you see uh, other sort of rankings or, or, or surveys of this sort of thing. You talk about learner-focused, focused, educator-focused, uh, organization in general, and persuasive. Can you go a little deeper into what those categories mean and why you've kind of put those uh, the way they are?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Kevin, so our team and technology is used by districts and states uh, to organize over 10,000 different ed tech products in the market right now. Um, I mean, that number has grown, but it's, you know, we've uh, reached the 10K mark. And to do so, we need to uh, have a taxonomy that makes it easy for people to understand and compare different categories of tools They use our uh, system to discover new products or uh, think about what alternatives they might be using, things like that. Um, And so our team over the uh, number of years has identified a taxonomy and created a taxonomy that is um, mutually exclusive, but comprehensive to help people understand. So uh, the tools and technologies that tend to uh, have this primary category of learner focused They're really used very specifically in the process for one individual learner in the process of of learning, right? And and doing work as an individual. Educator-focused tools uh, tend to be used or activated when uh, an educator or teacher is activating learning across groups of students, right? We would think of that as a classroom. Um, So uh, tools uh, like uh, classroom engagement tools Uh, You see uh, folks like Kahoot uh, or others are high in the top 40, usually activated by a teacher, but engaging with students. Um, And then you've got uh, organization focus. That is uh, school districts when you're trying to organize uh, teaching and learning uh, across multiple groups of teachers and learners, school districts, for example. So enterprise systems like uh, single sign-on providers, learning management systems, would fall into that category. And then, uh, as you mentioned, finally, general and pervasive. Uh, These are those tools that uh, may not even be education focused, but are used uh, 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 pretty pervasively. Uh, Things like, um, I don't know, uh, word processing, right? Google Docs, um, uh, YouTube.
0: Administrative Uh, back uh, office sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, exactly. Email systems, things like that, that uh, aren't exclusive to education. Uh, but are used. But within each of those categories, we've got subcategories, primary, and secondary utility and uses. So you're going to see that within the report uh, to be able to differentiate even within those categories. Interesting. And it seems um, no great surprises
0: at the top, right? I mean, the usual suspects, a a little company that starts with G, uh, kind of dominating the field. But when you look at the report and the results, Were there any um, any surprises for you or any trends that you kind of have seen reach out in the between this year and years past?
1: Yeah, well, I think uh, you're correct. I mean, I think there are certain players that uh, are not surprising, but uh, there is definitely movement in the market. Um, uh, It's been uh, quite volatile uh, if you compare, you know, pre pandemic to post Uh, areas that you'll see growth. No surprise um uh, video conferencing classroom virtual classrooms um but uh traditionally in pre-pandemic times we had a lot more uh reference or uh other platforms um, whereas supplemental platforms classroom engagement and instruction uh those cracked into the top 40 in a much more active way um than uh than in previous years and i think that's worth taking a look at we're going to see a lot of trends and changes uh, especially as we think about um, hybrid, remote, returning to in-person. We've definitely been watching a lot of that uh, happen over the last year as well.
0: Yeah. Well, and I'll put you on the spot here a little bit. Um, put on your uh, – or take out your crystal ball, whatever the cliche you want to use. Uh, looking out into the future when you see the report, uh, do you see any further um, changes that you, you might kind of intuit from, from the results that you see?
1: Well, I think it, uh, absolutely. I mean, I think the uh, we've actually activated something called EdTech Insights Pro to be able to dig in deeper beyond just the EdTech top 40 or high level uh, work. We look at something called the EdTech 300, uh, which is a barometer of active engagement every day uh, on the 300 most active uh, EdTech products on a given day. It's almost uh, sort of a barometer of what's going on. Um, you know, in a given day. We also see uh, a lot of work um, going into uh, education equity, right? Um, what we're seeing in different districts, depending on their modality, um, their demographic makeup, the National EdTech Equity Dashboard has highlighted the differences in engagements uh, for students, depending on uh, their district's demographics or uh, wealth. Um, but I think if we look forward, we're gonna continue to see uh, more competition and more contraction across uh, groups. And we'll see some shifts, a lot more push into that engagement um, and inclusiveness area, uh, hopefully more so than we've seen in the past, um, uh, especially as there's so much investment in infrastructure and broadband. The question of uh, you know, having access is really a 2010 question. Now the question is, are we engaging students? And that because engagement is a leading indicator of learning. And so that's, I think where we'll see a lot more interaction across ed tech providers. Well, Carl, there's a
0: lot of data in here, which it turns into a lot of insights. I, I look forward to going back and digging in a little deeper into it as as we go along. I appreciate the work that you do and that that Learn platform does. I think it's important for people to have an understanding of where this
1: stuff goes and uh, look forward to your further uh, research. Thank you, Kevin. I mean, the work that you do is really important and what we hope this data provides is a shared fact base on what's actually happening in the market. So everybody, whether they're educators, uh, organizations or providers can make better decisions based on what their situation is. Thank you so much for sharing this work.
0: Absolutely. And hopefully, uh, I'll talk to you before next year, but when the report drops next year, hopefully a lot of this pandemic will be in the past tense, the conversation.
1: Well, knock on wood. I hope so, Kevin. Great to talk with you.
0: Thank you. How about some more good news? We could all use a little bit more good news, right? Another big uh, segment uh, of today's episode uh, involves the eSchool News K-12 Hero Awards program. Uh, Something that I had the pleasure and honor to to work with Uh, in the past couple of weeks, we just started to drop our interviews with the winners, the three big winners uh, of the program, which involved conversations with educators talking about their heroic stories during this uh, pandemic. Um, It came out of my conversations with these folks starting well over a year ago, talking about how they were helping children with social emotional learning talking about how they're trying to secure data privacy uh, during a time like this. Uh, And another issue was setting up remote network architectures uh, where there never was one before. Uh, And I know every district has had a struggle with this, but Navajo Preparatory School uh, was one, which has a really extraordinary story. Sean Belkus, the network administrator, uh, spent some time with me describing just the scale and the immensity of what they had to do to take their classroom setups and make them remote so have a listen yeah talk a little bit about um that that transition to where i mean it sounded like you know your your network setup was on campus right i mean that, that there was yep. little to none sort of remote and so you went from that to completely remote to where you now had new IT staff, which was uh, mom or dad or a guardian or an adult or somebody um, who had to physically kind of manage the technology in these remote locations, uh, you know, in the kids' houses. Talk a little bit about how that changed uh, the scope of your
2: work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so... Yeah, so that's how you put it. You put it the best way there. So basically, our campus network basically extended all the way into Arizona now and the other states. So we had to support all those all those areas now because we we were based. We were just, our staff was working remote too at that time. So we were all working from home. Um, so all the students had their their hotspots and their laptops at home, of course. And you know, they were still at that time. You know, the kids were. The kids really helped a lot. I think they really, they really, um, they really did all they could to try to, to meet us halfway, to try to, you know, get through it, to finish up that school year. Really, you know, um, they would. We had reports some kids were, you know, going on top of their houses just to get a cellular signal with those hotspots, just to download emails, just to upload their homework. You know, or they would, they would drive out to the the dirt road where the highway actually is to try to find that signal where they could send an email or download a message or whatever they needed to do for school and you know we still had some students where we had to um send out flash drives and you know we were back to the old sneaker net days yeah there was just some situations where we couldn't push software you know we we had to deploy software which over their connection you know Basically on the low end, you know, some of these kids were getting, I'd say one half a meg, probably up to two megs with those um, those initial devices that we had. So, you know, we did all we could, you know, the the teachers were still use, learning to use Zoom, you know, the kids were learning to use Zoom, you know, a lot of them had to do the video off and they had to call in just to get the audio because, you know, once we started rolling with that, and we kind of got it working to where they could do some class. You know, we got hit by all the uh, the data caps on all the cellular devices. So that slowed it down even more. So it was just really, you know, we fixed one problem and another one comes up. And we just had to keep keep rolling with it. So as our, as our team, you know, we were working from home. So, you know, our, our cell phones were blowing up. And we're just really giving live support to the students and the staff. You know, and we didn't. At that point, I don't think we really did any um, driving at that point because um, the Navajo Nation was on complete lockdown. So um, basically there was a curfew. You couldn't um, be, I think it was like, it closed like around seven at night. You know, they didn't want anybody on the roads at all. So that, that didn't help us either with the students trying to get wi um, wifi. Pretty
0: wild stuff, right? Uh, it was a great conversation. Uh, had a number of great conversations over the past few weeks, which we'll be highlighting in upcoming episodes of, of EdTech today. Be sure to download the ebook that has descriptions of many of the finalist stories. Uh, it wasn't just the top three that really every submission that came in uh, had some really interesting insights uh, and ideas, uh, as well as just general feel good. To 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 give an example of the hard work and the successes that education and educators have had during uh, this crazy time. So I really encourage you to go to the Innovation and Education webpage. Uh, You'll find links to that there. You'll find links to the the data that uh, Carl dropped uh, this week uh, with the Learn platform. Uh, And you'll also see some references to some some other stuff that uh, we have on the site that I think will be helpful. So thanks for your time. Thanks for listening or thanks for watching if you are. Uh, Be sure and find another episode of Innovation Education up uh, in the next couple of weeks. Thanks, once again, I'm Kevin Hogan.